Welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. It is, I believe, October 4th, 2022, and this is episode 25. This is going to be a Van Diary episode, but it's also um, part of the book spotlight. It's a book spotlight Van Diary episode where I continue to share some excerpts out of the book, The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza with the forward by Meredith Miller. I bought the book off from Amazon, but I'm sure you can find it anywhere books are sold. And it is titled The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist. And in the past, I have done some spotlights on this particular book because if you give me a highlighter and you give me this book, I feel like I want to highlight the entire book because, oh my goodness, it really speaks to you. And that is one thing I notice about once you learn what covert narcissism is and you know what the the evil depths of covert narcissism can do to a person, once you figure out what it actually is and that you have been a victim of it, you cannot stop seeing it in every area of your life because it is, it, it's this disgusting thing that takes place. Coverts have often been dis- like described as being the most deceitful and evil type of a narcissist because everything is done to you behind your back. So it takes when, when the victim finally, if they ever realize that they have been um, abused covertly it is an extra hard waking up process because when you are abused to your face, you know the face of your abuser, you come to expect it because they're so abrasive and right up in your face. But with a covert, they do everything behind you. They burn your villages down behind you while they smile and they destroy relationships behind you while they smile. And they will weaponize you to be like their little soldier too. So while you think you're being the best friend or the best daughter or the best coworker or the best team member to this covert narcissist, they will lift you up because they mirror your identity back at you. So you feel so in line with them. It's because they are mirroring you back to yourself. So then when the hammer comes down and they have destroyed everything that they could destroy about you and around you, they will discard you. And then that is when the spiral effect happens. When the person who just woke up looks around and they want to run to their friends and they don't have them anymore because a covert narcissist has painted you the villain and painted themselves the victim. And that is why when people finally realize that there is a personality disorder out there called narcissism, and that's not just a term that you throw around in movies to describe the snobby kids at the lunch table and like all the 80 cliche movies. Um, it, it is far more deeper than just a cliche name to describe a self-centered person. It is a diagnosable personality disorder that has, um, it's on a spectrum and it has its extremes on both ends of socio sociopathy and psychopathy. And it is from what I understand, all of us humans lay on that 
uh, that spectrum and and some are obviously closer to zero and that means neutral where you're not really swinging in one direction or the other and some of us lean in to one direction or the other and as you work your way toward the end of one spectrum or the other end so yeah quite a thing to to learn about but to me, it's very liberating. There, that that phrase "knowledge is power" is so true in this aspect because once you see it, it's really hard to unsee it. And what, if you have been raised by a covert narcissist parent, you really have so many layers to you now that you have to peel off one by one by one. So that is why I love spotlighting the books that I read about it. As I learn, I share my knowledge with you to the listener. And I have definitely highlighted some more areas of this book. Thankfully, today it's a, an orange highlighter. So I can see what I've covered in the past with yellow highlighters. So let's move into the book Spotlight, The Covert Passive Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza in my Van Diary episode. I will be recording episode 26 to cover baiting, the baiting of the narcissist. I have the show notes and everything ready, so that will be recorded later today. All right, so the first sentence out of the book that I think if you have any experience with a covert narcissist, this will definitely ring true to you. That all covert narcissists are selfish at their core, and I would have to say all narcissists, um, are selfish at their core. So that is exactly how they are going to be as parents. So they will want their children's attention and praise. Some covert narcissist parents will focus more time and love onto the golden child who gives them the most adoration. Now, if you've listened to any of my past episodes, you will find that I have gone into many times mentioning the relationship between my sister and I. Uh, growing up, we were BFFs. We were best friends. We were two years, two days, and two months apart. And we were all each other had, you know, being siblings and then living out in the country. And, you know, we had friends at school, but when you came home from school, you know, you leaned on each other just like you would any other sibling relationships, healthy sibling relationships. But as we got older, we realized, um, you know, our mom, now looking back, we realized this, our mom, the older a child gets, the worse a covert narcissist will start treating, or a narcissist in general will start treating that child because the less you need the narcissist and the less you lean on them, the, the, the crueler they're going to be to you. But that's as long as they are getting something out of you. And that is where my sister and I, we talked, we reunited after finding out that my mom was a covert narcissist towards the end of 2019. Uh, we realized that our mom had been bamboozling us or hornswoggling us for our entire life. She had been pitting us against each other. She had been going behind each of us, whispering in our ears lies and manipulating our, be our relationships so that we would never grow close so that she could use us as feeding troughs or as narcissist terminology would be as supply. We were both meant to supply her with different things. So that now knowing this and going back and learning about covert narcissists, 
it is very clear that this is exactly what was going on. Woo, part of being a Van Dyer is I have to stop and pause a lot if I have some noisy person next to me in the car. So back to my original scheduled programming. So being that many times uh, parents will treat their children differently depending on what they can get out of their children. So in my situation, because there were two daughters that left where me, I have referenced myself as they trained me to be the battle bot. The one they knew was never going to buy what they were selling, so they used me for negative supply. And then the one, my sister, who avoided conflict and never really got a spine of her own growing up because they wouldn't allow such a thing to grow, um, they used her for positive, positive stuff where they knew that she would never push back against them. They knew that she would always be a yes person. At her core, it drives her nuts. It drove her nuts and she could not stand it. Now, thankfully, uh, before my sister and I parted our ways again, I did get a good insight into like how her thoughts were. And we got to really compare notes and get a good understanding of what we had just gone through our whole life and everything where, you know, she got to see that I wasn't the evil person that our mom lied to her about. And I got to see, hopefully that's what she's taken out because we don't talk now. It's been over a year now. And, um, it was ever since, if you hadn't listened to my past episodes, it was ever since our mom had met a man. And after six weeks of knowing him, they decided to get married right away. And then she decided within that six-week period then to try to invite us to her wedding, this weird shotgun-style wedding, they call it, where it was like they met each other and then they just immediately decided it was a great idea to get married. And I, whatever, it's their life. But th- from that marriage, my sister, it became evidently clear and this makes sense the more I learn about the different type of children that come out of covert narcissist parenting it makes complete sense that this is exactly why she behaved the way she did it's actually quite textbook where she immediately became aware that this new man in her life that will be her stepfather and lives a couple trailers down from where she lives and has now direct control over her life because my mom's name is on her trailer and my mom's name is on her vehicle. So her independence as a person has never ever been 100% independence as a person. When she was young, she moved right out of her home owned by her parents, her narcissist parents, and into a seemingly narcissist marriage where the mother-in-law was a meddler, everything was just very chaotic there too. She never has really ever got to live on her own and be independent. So when you add in a stepfather that you just got thrown into your life and the reality of it is now he also is in control of your life. You have to play ball and you have to bow down and kiss the ring of the narcissist because this is by design. Narcissists do things like love bombing. They will treat you poorly, but buy you things. They will treat you poorly, but compliment you. They will treat you poorly, and but help you out of your hard spots in life. And that's exactly what my mom would do. These are all done with transactions by a narcissist. Narcissists are never nice to you without a reason. 
they're never nice to you out of the kindness of their heart. They're nice to you so that they can call in a favor later on or they can imprison you. And that is where my sister lies now. All of this help running out, you know, running to my parents after a, um, a marriage that we find that my mom most likely helped destroy from the back, from behind the scenes, whispering things like she tried to do with me and my husband. That's one thing you cannot trust these covert narcissist parents. They don't want you to have a happy marriage. They want you to suffer. They want you back and under their thumb and under their control and under their roof. So she successfully helped to demolish an already weak marriage um, in the past with my sister. My sister left her husband, ran into their their quote unquote arms, you know, loving arms, and then quickly found out that it was more of a prison lifestyle that she was signing up for, where then uh, she got to relive the hell of her childhood, but now as a woman in her thirties. So then when my mom offered, um, to my, my sister just wanted her to get the trailer, uh, check on it for her because she lived in that park at the time. And my mom went ahead and put her name on everything instead of allowing my sister to take out the loan for herself. She went ahead and did everything as if she was helping my sister. And we all know if you know anything about narcissists, they never do anything to help you. They're helping themselves by making it look like they're helping you. So I say all this because it definitely plays into what I'm reading about now um, being the children of covert narcissists. They will, uh, covert narcissist parents will focus more time and love onto the golden child who gives them the most adoration. The covert narcissist parent will become frustrated and angry with the child who does not want to fit into their world. And that was definitely me. I never wanted to fit into my mom's world. I knew right from the beginning she was a crazy person <laughs> because she would rage and yell and fight and bicker and all kinds of stuff. She had us trained to be there for her every time she picked a fight with our father. And we'd had to be there for her um, to console her when she ran into her room in a fit of rage, bawling her eyes out in an attempt to, you know, control him with her hysterical outbursts. We were trained to bring a glass of cold water and bring a cold, wet rag for her to, you know, recoup. And we were there to be her little cheerleaders, to give her the, the um, care that she wanted really from her father, but he was not doing that because he probably, well, I really struggle right now because my dad has passed. Now I, I lose track now. Everything swirls together. Um, but he had passed away. Uh, about seven years ago. Yeah. Seven and a half years ago. I think it'll be eight years this December. He'll be gone. He passed away on Christmas. So yeah, fun times, fun times. Now I get to look back and wonder, is my deceased father, I feel like he was also on the spectrum, if not created by my narcissist mother. So they will often give the child who, who's the castaway, I was more or less the castaway, they will give them the silent treatment and punish them by withdrawing from them. And this is stuff that my husband even had noticed and told me. 
he noticed throughout the years that like if I cooked anything and it was at any if she could also cook the same meal and if mine tasted better or if I got a compliment where she did not get a compliment she would go into a direct competition with me and all growing up she would say oh you just never like to cook do you you don't like to bake narcissists love to program you into whatever it is you they want you to so I was the one she had grooming for um, the negative reinforcement like the negative power supply she would come to me to fight because she knew that I was never going to buy what she was selling so they would get their negative supply from me and they would get their positive supply from my sister who never put up a fight and just was a yes person and like um a two-faced person where she would act like she and it's by survival I say two-faced in the reality way where they have to be two-faced in order to survive I think you all know those people in like movies where you, they're always the side car of the villain they're always the sidekick of the villain that's very much how the golden children have to survive if they want to keep getting handouts and free stuff and help they have to kiss the ring of the villain by also they will also if you get them away from the villain you will also start to see that they're a person of their own but you can never fully trust them because at the end of the day they will always run back to the villain because that's one that is all they know and two they need it in order to survive because the villain has set it up in their life that they can't survive on their own without them and that's where my sister is she in essence had had to run back to the narcissist mom the minute she got married because she knew oh crap I thought I was getting free I thought I was independent I thought I could get out there I finally got a job she got a good job and she was trying to you know creep away and then all of a sudden my mom gets married and within that that short period of time that two and a, that was it one one and a half months of knowing the guy decided I'm getting married so she had to stop she didn't have to my sister in essence didn't have to but she chose the easy path the path less you know the path commonly traveled for her was to run back kiss the ring of the narcissist and turn on her sister once again so that's what happened and we started to see it happening before it even happened I started to see her attitude towards me change she started getting um, more like negative towards me argumentative towards me and like um, very much pinning like if I didn't call her right back that's our last communications was I didn't call her within that 24-hour period so when I did call her back she was snar snarky to me and was just complaining about her friends and her son and everything to me like I was her once again the dumpster and it was very reminiscent of how our mom behaved so I'm like okay great she has already sold her soul back over to the villain and it is what it is you know what I mean so I still love my sister I understand the dynamic of her life but I don't co-sign her life choices because I know there's another way and I know this because I chose that other way but that's on her this is my life that's her life and um so and it's all textbook it literally makes sense so i can't i don't i don't think that it's all like premeditated it's just in the wiring of the dynamic of a covert narcissist family a family that was built by covert narcissists i totally understand what's going on so um the covert narcissist dad or mom this is out of the book um the covert narcissist dad or mom will be kinder to the child who will listen to him or her 
often the more sensitive, empathetic child who doesn't want any conflict. That's my sister. The other child or children will be labeled as controlling, selfish, or manipulative by the parent. That would be me. I always had the negative words tossed at me. I was the, she would say I was the wild one, which I wasn't. She would say I was the one who was never home. That was by choice because why would I want to be home? The minute I could drive, I got the hell out of there. So I, I made sure to work. I made sure to work go to high school and sign up for some college courses just to stay out of the house. So my sister did none of those things. She's just stayed under the wing. She got, um, it kind of reminds me of like a Hansel and Gretel scenario. I chose to not go into the gingerbread house and my sister chose to just live in the gingerbread house. So, um, and it all, and nothing good happens when you're living in that gingerbread house owned by the witch. She just wants to fatten you up to uh, feast off from you more and that in essence is what narcissists do they want to trap you in their gingerbread house it looks amazing and yummy from the outside but once you get in it's very dark and scary so also um debbie mirza goes on to say that the other children or child will be labeled as controlling selfish or manipulative by the parent the covert narcissist may not say things to their children's faces but they will feel the judgment and dislike from the covert narcissist parent 100 percent um, the golden child will be lavished on and treated with more kindness. That is so true. This can seem like a nice thing for the child, but in fact, it puts them in the position of trying to be perfect in order to keep that love and attention. And I think that that is why I don't hold it against my sister from running back to the villain and kissing the ring in order to keep her car and to keep her trailer until they can get paid off because adding in that other dynamic of that unknown man you know the unknown man he could be a jerk we don't know he could be nice we don't know and um having your whole livelihood in the hands of a stranger let alone also your covert nurse's mother has to be a terrifying thing and i can't say that if i wasn't her i wouldn't have done the exact same thing but um in 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 the it's actually textbook because even in here it says you know that they they will do anything to keep that love and attention. And that is something that my husband started to point out to me. He's like, do you realize that your sister now, ever since she's been around your mom, has slowly started to throw you under the bus to your mother and she doesn't even realize it? Because my sister would tell us that she would say these things about me. Like at the wedding, she, you know, I've referenced in the past. She goes, yeah, mom kept talking about how she couldn't wait for honeymoon night because it had been so long since she had sex. Um, so, and she kept wanting to tell me about it. And I was like, I'm not that daughter. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm not the daughter. What daughter wants to hear about their parents' sex life? Surely not me and surely not her. But the fact that she chose to differentiate herself by also throwing me out there as I was the weirdo who wanted to know about her, her, you know, parent sex life why why couldn't it be neither one of us but no her wiring instantly threw my name out there to the wolves to save herself and my husband's like have you noticed that she's starting to do this it's really weird I'm like yep I started to notice that she was doing this so by that year's time I slowly did start pulling myself away from my sister because I started smelling blood in the water she was once again going back the minute my mom got married it would be like a couple, it was like two weeks after my mom got married, my sister had done, changed. 
the the fear and the anxiety of this man coming in and changing the whole dynamic she immediately went right backwards and I don't know where she's at now in her life because it has been over a year she's not tried to reach out she's not tried to apologize for how she was uh, treating me and I'm frankly I'm not going to reach out to her only because why would I reach out to someone who consistently started throwing me under the bus and throwing me back into the wolves and dragging me down to make herself look good in the eyes of her parents it's just not okay so I don't have any ill will towards her I love my sister I understand why she's doing what she's doing but on the flip side I, I don't trust her and I can't trust her because she's she's behaving right in line with how my mom has raised us and everything of my childhood came flushing back to me because I'm like oh okay I guess she wants to take us back to this creepy dynamic where I'm the scapegoat and they can just trash talk me at will so I'm sure if you've been raised by a covert narcissist parent, this stuff will sound very similar if you have siblings. If you're a single child of a covert nar narcissist parent, this might not stand out to you because you didn't really have you you didn't really have that um, polar opposite treatment. You were the only prisoner in the prison. You didn't have the other inmate for them to bounce off from. So they go on to say, Debbie goes on to say that they watch as their siblings are treated differently. They naturally want to keep that good feeling of being loved by their mom or dad. So they will learn early on how they must behave to be treated with love. This sets them up for a life that is filled with the pressure of never being less than perfect in anything they do and it has been instilled in them that this is how they get people to love them and to keep their love and attention and they also don't expect to be unconditionally loved so they will choose partners who don't treat them with consistent pure love they will never feel good enough and can live under underlying despair and unhappiness for a very long time so I think I'm going to end this episode there because it is a pretty full episode and I've been talking about it now for 20 plus minutes. So um, I hope this has been helpful for you and I will um, see you guys on episode 26. And like I said, that should be the baiting episode that I have built already in my show notes at home. So this has been another Van Diary episode. This has been, I was hornswoggled waking up from a narcissist induced nightmare. And this was also, um, con this also contained quotes and excerpts from the covert passive aggressive narcissist by Debbie Mirza. So I will see you guys on the flip side. I hope you are well. I hope this discussion helps bring some clarity to some situations that you might find yourself in or actually helps to make sense to some situations you have or have been suspecting that you're in. So take care and I will talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Mm -hmm.